Welcome to the Turnaround Mindset Podcast with your hosts, behavioural economist and psychologist Phil Slade and successful business leader and accountant Adam Smith. In these unprecedented times, decisive and fearless leadership is critical to any business transformation. Each week, our hosts will unpack the tough and intimate questions we all face as professionals, offering no-nonsense business advice to those bold enough to think and act differently. Now, here are your hosts, Phil and Adam. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us today at the Turnaround Mindsets. The topic for today's podcast episode is, is it family or is it career? Now, this could be a, a really difficult question to answer. Striking the right balance between family and career will differ, we know this, depending on your circumstances facing the person, uh, their life stage, their chosen career, what their long-term aspirations are. Look, Phil, I think it's a really important issue worth exploring on this podcast, you know, considering how much the world has changed now around COVID. You know, it's giving people more options around working from home, working around family life and giving people more opportunity to balance the two things that occupy the greatest portion of our lives, you know, apart from sleep. Mm. And it's important to note that this, this is not to make you feel bad about what you're not doing. There's enough out there to make you feel guilty. This is about going, how do you find that balance that's right for you? All you really want as a parent these days is for your kids to grow up healthy, happy, and, and hopefully one day you may get a few thank yous, you know, uh, when they start to become adults. As part of today's discussion, we'll cover off some of the reasons why you might find yourself in a situation where choosing between family and career is hard. And we'll look at five ways that you can seek balance between the two. And again, mm. this is not saying what that balance is. This is just about how to find that balance that's right for you. You know, there, there's an emotional consideration that we need to acknowledge here as well. Now, what I'm what I'm referring to is, you know, it's the guilt, the the anxiety, and the frustration that comes about by giving one, whether it be family or career, preferential treatment over the other. You know, you know, personally, I've always been you know, ambitious and uh, wanting a thriving career and to succeed financially. You know, however, you know, especially looking back. Uh, when my my kids were were really young, you know, I do have moments in my um, life as a dad where I have felt incredibly guilty at times, you know, or being a bad father because I wasn't there to pick up my son from school or my daughter from daycare or that I missed a swimming lesson or an AFL practice because at the same time I had a project deadline or I had an engagement where the report was due the next day. During that time, you know, you have to acknowledge that there's someone else, like a nanny or a relative, uh, being present with your kids and developing a stronger bond with them than you are because you're just not there. And look, as a psychologist, I've never found anything that anything positive that comes out of shame uh, or guilt. And the reason is those two emotions are strongly linked to things that are in the past that you can't change. You can't change the past. So vacillating and ruminating over the guilty or shameful feelings of the past, the question should always be, what can you do now? What do you do now to make it better today than it was yesterday? My wife and I both have really uh, hectic work lives and we've been able to balance work and career and our, our family, I think, is actually doing pretty well. And the way that we've done that is to 
is to address each day as a new day. How are we going to deal with what's right in front of us the best way that we can? With the kids are growing up, their needs change. We need to do different things. We are okay with with changing our work arrangements around our kids at times, and we're okay with our kids changing their lives around our work. You know, we made a very strong rule to make sure that the kids fit in with our lives rather than our lives fitting in with the kids. But we made sure we were active in in with the with the kids as they fit fit around our lives. I, I got a I got a mate who. Mike Duggan, a shout out to Mike. Uh, he's a he's actually in the process of writing a book at the moment. It's not out there, but I love the title, his working title of the book. He's a he's an endurance runner. He runs races that go for 15, 18 hours uh, at a time. It's crazy stuff. And his title of the book, the subtitle is "Life Lessons from a uh, you know a a, a a long distance runner," but the actual title is "It's Okay to Walk." And I think with careers knowing when to run, when to sprint and when to walk. And it's okay to walk. And it's mm. the same with your family. It's okay to walk. There are going to be times when you're really pushing in hard with your family. There are going to be times where you're just you're walking and it takes a little bit slower. You're not going to see them as much and that's okay. Mm. But, you know, it's okay to walk. Mm. Uh, look, I think it's fantastic to hear your perspective on that. I think for me, my, my journey has been a little bit different. Uh, I think for me, I, I work hard. Um, I try to be a, a, a good dad, uh, but at the end of the day, I found it almost impossible to do family and career really well long term. You know, mm, at the mm. end of the day, I've always found that something's got to give. Mm, now, don't mm. get me wrong. You know, some parents and couples, you know, they receive more support from family and friends, and they may even have the financial means for the likes of nannies and putting in place daycare for their kids. You know, but. There's always something being sacrificed. You know, for me, it was either time at the office, time with the children, going the extra mile on a large work project. You know, sometimes in an attempt to be a great at family or great at career, I generally ended up doing an average job at both. Look, this, this leads to a conflict between what are my commitments in the financial realities of our situation so how do I, am I committing to making sure that we're financially secure as well as my parents' commitments to make sure that our family is emotionally secure? Finance is emotional and parenting um, is emotional. They're both linked to your emotions. And so therefore, whenever you start talking about finances and parenting, you know, you're instantly in a, on a highly volatile conversation with people. You know, mm. criticize somebody about their parenting skills, and you will find out very quickly what how how, how emotional they can be. Mm. Criticize someone finance, someone's finances, and they they get very reactive. You know, so these these are hot topics. So the first thing to realize is try to take the emotion out of it when you're thinking about it yourself. Mm. This, this is the emotion doesn't actually help you make good decisions. In this state, now these situations are incredibly difficult, and it's very, you know, it's it's hard to imagine mm. finding yourself being a stay-at-home parent. You know, when you've got mouths to feed, you've got bills to pay. You know, the list goes on. Mm. And I think it, it makes it even uh, worse when you've got you've built a career, or you've spent a lot of time getting a PhD or a degree or something that that you've spent a lot of money and time and resource in and then all of a sudden you're taking time out for the kids and you feel this pressure that you have to 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 make good on the investment that you've made mm. already you know and you feel this this guilt and this pressure to prioritize your career in order to to justify that expense or that sunk cost mm. and it's called a sunk cost bias is what we call it in in psychological terms and being able to just let that sit and be able to say to yourself 
it's okay to walk. You know, like it's okay to walk right now. You'll get there. It's okay. You know, it might take a couple of years, but you you will still get there. Okay, so once you've worked out your priorities, Phil, what considerations can you make at the workplace? Mm, yeah, if if you've got, if you need to work from home or you've got to to care and and you and you that's important to you. If you're with a company that goes, no, no, we we don't believe in working from home here, and don't work for the company. Absolutely, that's important to know. And that, and you only get to that point if you already know the pros and cons what you believe you know you've got to be clear about that then you've got some non-negotiables it becomes much easier to have difficult conversations and most of the time the organizations even if they do put up a bit of a fight if they want you they want you yes you know if they don't if they're if they're not hiring you for the value that that you've got then they're not going to change if they value you they will change absolutely oh look i've been very privileged i've been able to work for a lot of companies who've actually got those policies right around working from home paternity and maternity cover Uh, and it's actually been very much about putting the employee first in those situations so the next one is really focus on your work when you're at the office or working from home Mm. it's a different world in this post-covid environment that we're in you know this home office environment is a new way of working. Giving it your full focus while you're at work, you know, it can be a struggle, you know, to give that undivided attention with everything else that's going on. You know, from my experience, I've found that really trying to allocate concentrated moments of time on work mm. is a must to avoid it overflowing into your evenings and also into your weekends. And one of the sort of uh, ways I did that was to reorganize my day so that. I was only available for meetings at the start of the day or at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So it took about two weeks for this to go ahead in my work life. You know, people sending me meeting invites, I would tell them I'm not available at that time. And what what it would allow me to do is to have four hours of concentrated effort Mm. and four hours to do my meetings. Mm -hmm. So on an eight-hour day, I would actually have the time to think the time to concentrate, the capacity to really get into my work whilst I was at work. Mm. And then the second half of the day was meetings. Mm. You know, if you're jumping from meeting to meeting to meeting, you never get anything done. Mm. Your Mm. capacity to be productive in a day is almost impossible. So when you're at work, make sure you're concentrating on work. Look, I I want to build on that just for a quick second because I think my grandfather was a farmer, um, but he also was the local minister of the local church. And, and he had a, an office where he'd prepare his sermons and that was kind of his work. And it was kind of like he had a little office at home. And we knew as kids that we were, if granddad was in his office, no one would go into that office. Like that was, that was sacred territory, you know, not because of what he was doing. It wasn't you know, because he was preaching. But, but I know a lot of uh, families of that era had offices, um, you know, which was the, the study, you could say. And when somebody was in the study working in their study, you didn't go in and interrupt them while they were in the study. There, mm. there was a, it was a very simple rule. And so I don't think it... I think we've kind of lost that nowadays and, and the COVID thing is probably just bringing that back a little bit to go, you've got to have those simple rules. Yeah. Simple rules are good because everyone knows them and they understand them. You're not making a value judgment about each individual interaction when a kid comes to the door or something like that. Barring the ambulances coming no one would go into the study. And you've got to have those rules to say, when I'm working in this area, 
unless you need to be hospitalized, no one knocks on that door, mm. you know, and those simple rules actually make it easier for you, make it easier for them. They find other places to solve problems and, the, and life actually goes on. Mm. It can be difficult to balance. Look, you know, there's a lot of offices these days that are set up open plan, making you accessible mm. all the time to everybody, mm. you know, putting a do not disturb on your emails that you actually have a meeting in place mm. where you may not actually have a meeting. So you just get a bit of downtime so you can mm. properly focus on the task at hand. Mm. It's really important. Mm. But, you know, there's no getting around it. Sometimes for whatever reason, um, you'll be faced with a situation where you'll have to work longer hours. Mm. I think mm. for me, I've found you've just got to make sure that you communicate with your family on when this situation mm, will mm, end, when mm. when will there be light at the end of the tunnel, mm. you know, and make sure that your family knows that their time will be paid back with interest, mm, you know. Mm. When you get time off, make sure you really spend every minute with your family, mm. like, you know, balancing professional and personal life through better communication channels, you know, it helps to avoid problems and additional stress you just mm. don't need. You no, know? you're setting expectations and you're learning to focus when you need to focus. When Absolutely. you're at work, focus on work. Set expectations with work about when you're at work and at family time and your family with about when you're at family and at work. And then focus on those things. Be mindfully focusing and present at the task at hand. Absolutely, Phil. And, you know, I think quality time with kids, you know, it's a balancing act. Mm-hmm. You know, it... It will need both you and your partner to work out ways to give more attention to those important moments. What's really key is to be open and communicate well with the people that matter. At work, this is your line manager. At home, this could be your wife. It could be a grandparent. It could be uh, somebody that that uh, that m- matters. You're setting those expectations. But let's start with work. Like These honest conversations can feel like you're making an excuse for poor performance. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly if your line manager doesn't have children. This can be really, really tricky. And so learning how to communicate with the person that you're communicating with in a way that they will understand it makes sense. So, for instance, if you've got kids and, and you're, you're, you're needing to make home time home time, you're, you need to phrase it like, I work best and I'm much more efficient in delivering my outcomes when I've got time enough for me and my family. It's not about the kids. For you, that could be, I've got to, I've got to spend time with the kids. But this is about, in their context, it's about making sure you look after yourself in order to be able to give back to the organisation. Mm-hmm. Because what you're wanting them to feel like is that you're making these boundaries and being open in order to, to be successful for the organisation, to give the organisation the best that you've got. Be open about the efficiencies that you want to create at work. You know, to maximize the time that you've got so that everyone can have time outside of that work time as well. They'll respond to that sort of thing. Okay, so Phil, you know, we've set our priorities. We've worked out what's important to us. At the workplace, you know, we're looking at the company's policies. When we're at work, we need to focus at work. And finally, you know, we've got to be open and honest with our line managers. You know, what can we do at home? When you're at home, chuck out all your devices. You know, when you're having family time, put the phone. When I go on holidays, I put the laptop, I put the phone, I put my iWatch, I put it all in a drawer and I spend time with the family. So you really make it family time. Make it family time. But also they know that 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 almost buys me permission to be at work and be at work because they know that when I'm at family, I'm going to be family time and I treat work the same way. Obviously, 
you can't always just switch off. If there's big things happening at work, you need to be conscious about what's going on. But, you know, you need to be open about that. Go, this is the situation that's happening. If I don't, you know, I'm responsible for this major merger or this major acquisition that's happening or things like that, and I need to see that through. And you just be clear about the time frames and then, and then be true to those time frames. Mm. So, you know, you might go, okay, I'm on holidays for three weeks. These couple of days I've got to be kind of on work. So priority is going to be the work if work calls and I'm just going to need to, to drop everything. But it's okay. There's a end date to that. Just be really clear. These are all highly emotional topics. And the way that you drain the emotion out of it is to set expectations and communicate well with the people that matter. Yeah, I think for me, being present, you know, when it's family time, really make it family time. Mm-hmm. Your family are pretty intuitive. I, you know, I put my hand up here. I know I do this myself and I cons- consistently get told off for it. Mm. You know, I might be sitting there talking with my son or building Lego with my daughter and I'll just every now and again check my mobile phone to see whether or not a particular mm-hmm. email I've been waiting on all mm-hmm. day to come mm-hmm. through has come mm-hmm. through. And my kids will be like, Dad, are you listening? Dad's on his phone. Mm-hmm. It's not good. You know, your mm-hmm. kids pick up on it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're with your family, you know, turn off the devices, put your work aside. You know, if you're going to come home to be with your family, um, if your thoughts are on your business, you might as well be at work. Mm-hmm. So when it's family time, really make it about family time. What's the next one that we can do at home, Phil? Look, I think it's really important um, to have a sound financial plan that you're both working towards. I think that can often couch a lot of the conversations about how much time you spend at career because you've got shared financial goals. And I think there's a couple of things that you can do, or five things actually, that I think you really need to put into place to have a good financial plan. One, talk about your finances openly with your whole family, not just your partner. Include your kids, include everyone. Don't be scared about it. Um, set aside one evening per fortnight to just talk about spending and your finances. Often good finances is as much about what you're spending as opposed to what you're saving, right? So talk mm-hmm. about your spending. Two, don't be afraid of conflict, but don't get emotional about it either. It's the difference between a debate and a, and a fight. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're sometimes wanting to to have a debate about where good spending should be. As soon as it gets emotional, it's a fight, and it becomes about who's right and who's wrong. It becomes status and control, and you've lost it. And you need to stop talking, revisit it later on when cooler heads prevail. You don't be afraid of conflict, but make sure the conflict's not emotional. Number three, make sure you spend some time and money on you. Mm-hmm. You've got to look after you, and it's okay. Don't feel guilty about that but keep it in check. Number four is practice the 80-20 rule. So this is whatever you earn, 20% should be put away into savings. You should not touch 20% of whatever you earn. That's savings. That's investments. That's doing what you... You can always live on 80% of whatever whatever you earn. So this is easy when you're a single student, but when you're double income and your income reduces because one of you has decided to take work at a half time for maternity leave or or paternity leave uh, or or indeed one of you decided to change careers in order to spend more time with the family you've got to reduce your expenses mm-hmm. you've got to be able to live on 80 percent of what your income is this includes your house and your mortgage like sometimes, you know, for, for high flyers, I've, I've known people that have had to make that decision to go, you know what, we're going to downsize our house mm-hmm. because we've got to sit within the 80-20 rule. 
this sets themselves up better financially in 10 or 15 years' time. We just can't see that at the time because if you don't do that, you will lose the house. You'll lose the things, right? So you've got to sit uh, within the 80-20 rule Um, and, you know, make it hard for yourself to spend furiously. I think you've got to... Behavioural economics teaches us that one of the things you can do to make better decisions is put resistance in the path of bad decisions, Right, yep. you've got to make the bad decision a harder one. Don't, you know, cut up your credit cards. Seriously, people. I say to my kids, you know, I've got a couple of simple rules. Uh, you only borrow for appreciating assets. You know, I've said to them, even with cars, save up, buy a car. It's a depreciating asset. Now, it's a hard rule. Now, not everyone agrees with it, and that's fine. But for us, that's our rule, right? We only borrow against appreciating assets. You know, making it hard for you to spend easily. Using the eighty twenty rule, spend some time on yourself. Don't be afraid of conflict, and talk about your finances. Are all important. Having a good financial plan and having a good financial shared plan will help you have difficult conversations about balancing career and family life when you need more time in your career to hit those financial goals. So we've covered off having a sound financial plan when you're with family. Make it all about family time. The next one I've found at home, you've really got to build a support network. Mm. Now, for some of us, we don't all have our parents around us. We may be living in a different state, a different country, and we may not have those who previously we may have been able to rely on to support us. You need to go out there and actually create your own support network. You know, you, you can't think of yourself as an island. Get to know parents at the school. If there's a way that you can sort of share or carpool pickups of kids, Uh, or putting yourself in a position where if you can't get uh, back home for a soccer practice or you've had a meeting that's running over, you know, you can rely on that sort of support network you have around you uh, to sort of uh, look after you. One thing that the support network can't do is invest in your own relationship with your partner. That's not something you can outsource. The next point is make sure that you have date nights. Like you've got to have date nights. You've got to spend time with yourself as a couple. Sometimes career and family are two things that consume you. At the end of the day, if you guys find yourself broken and battered on the side of the road with no way back, what's the point, right? Mm, Keep yourselves together. Invest in yourselves. Date nights, man. Um, I think, you know, this one has really worked for me. You know, we've talked about, you know, support networks. We've talked about the family time, putting a plan in play, you know, but you've also got to have regular me time. Mm. You know, many people, this is the one that they ignore the most, you know. If you want to have emotional energy for your career and your family, you need to make sure you've got some personal time to do what you love. You know, it could be a massage. It could be going for a walk. Just some alone, some downtime just for you. For me, I find meditation is fantastic. I love to put the goggles on, jump in the pool and do a kilometer in the pool just to actually decompress. I'm an avid believer in actually using exercise as that regular me time or downtime, I call it, just to really sort of get a handle on myself. It keeps me focused. You know, it keeps the battery operating at more than 50% generally in the day. And I generally have enough energy to sort of get on and get the job done as well. I suppose this takes us to our next point, which is once you've made a decision to spend time with yourself or spend time with your family or spend time at work, you know, on your career, do when you've made a decision, double down on it. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't go in half-assed. So whatever you choose, you're saying between whether it be family or career, whatever the key priority is for you right now, you've got to back yourself is what you're saying. Absolutely. If you... 
Guilt doesn't have any role to play in this. Mm. It can be difficult. I I can very difficult. Hugely difficult. From my experience, you know, situations where um, my partner has been, you know, working really hard on a particular project, and then the whole time she's actually been there, she's been feeling incredibly guilty about the time away from the family. Like you said, you've got to back your decision. You've got to double down. You've actually got to say, if this is the decision I've made, then I'm going to actually back myself. When it's family time, it's family time. When it's career and work time, it's that in my life at yeah, that it's, point. Yeah, it's counterproductive, right? If you're, if you're on holidays, guilty about not being back at work, you may as well not be on holidays. Mm. Like, what are you doing on holidays if you're guilty about being back at work and vice versa? If you're guilty about you know being back at the family while you're at work, why at work? Go home or go to work. Just Just... Get rid of that guilt factor. It'll rob you of the emotional energy and the focus that you need to be good at what you're doing at the time and robs you of your present and your focus. Well, Phil, that's it for this jam-packed week's podcast. You know, I think hopefully we've been able to pass on you know, some much needed tips here to our listeners, you know, to help make the right decisions around their career or mm. their family. Mm. You know, I, I think for me, I'd like to finish with reference to a TED talk I recently watched. You know, um, it was presented by the philosopher Ruth Chan titled How to Make Hard Choices. You know, and, and during the, the, the talk, she explains, you know, that we can uncover our own hidden power and learn something about ourselves in the process of making a hard choice, you know, who we are or who we want to be rests in how we assess certain values such as beauty, kindness, justice, family, education, and success. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? So for us here at The Turnaround Mindset, whatever hard choice you're faced with for you, your family, and your career, if it's based on love and what you value the most it will be the right choice for you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Turnaround Mindset podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please head over to iTunes, Google or Spotify, hit subscribe and share the podcast with someone you think would benefit from it. Don't forget to leave a five-star rating. To download this episode and access other relevant content, please visit our website, www.theturnaroundmindset.com. Join us next week for another Turnaround Mindset episode and remember, the only way it gets better for you is when you get better.